What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Molly Coffee on today's episode. I'm so excited to get to know a little bit more about her. Molly, I'm just going to toss it at you. Start wherever you'd like with your story. All right. Uh, hi, everyone. I'm so excited to be a part of this podcast. Uh, I found the podcast about a week after my miscarriage, and it's been really helpful to me because um, I was feeling very lost and alone. So it's been kind of a great experience for me just to feel less alone through the podcast. Um, so I'm going to start back in 2013, where I met my husband, uh, and about five years after dating, we decided, or we got married in November of 2018, and we both knew that we wanted to have children, but we wanted to wait till summer. Uh, but a little bit of background on me, I teach high school, so in my mind, I, in my teacher planning mind, I was like, I can plan out when I conceive, so my maternity leave can just We'll go right into my summer break. Um, but I think we all know that it's kind of impossible to plan out when you conceive. So about eight months after trying, we finally got the good news that we were in, we were pregnant. Um, so it was the day after the Super Bowl, and I woke up that Monday morning feeling kind of just off. I wasn't feeling great. So I decided to take a sick day. And throughout the day, something kind of nagged me that I should go get a pregnancy test and take a pregnancy test. Um, I wasn't late for my period or anything like that. I just had a feeling. Um, so I took the test and I just, I was one, floored because it said I was, it was positive. And then second, I was like, this can't be right. So I took another one. Um, I think I ended up taking three or four that day and all four of them were positive. Um, so my husband and I were just so excited and he had to tell me that I couldn't tell anyone because I'm not exactly known for being a good secret keeper. And trust me, it was so hard to wait to tell everybody because like I said, I, I can't keep anything a secret. Um, so I had my first appointment at the end of February and it was about four weeks after I found out that I was pregnant and they uh, confirmed my pregnancy and then scheduled me for my eight week ultrasound the following Monday. Um, I was so excited. Uh, I'm a pretty emotional person. Um, you can always tell exactly how I'm feeling by my face. Uh, so when I saw the ultrasound, I just like burst into tears because I was so excited and so happy. Um, at that appointment, they went ahead and scheduled for my 12-week appointment, which would have been at the end of March. And I live in the state of Ohio, so it was right around March when everything with COVID-19 uh, was happening. So um, at that point in time, my husband was no longer allowed to go to appointments with me, which was really sad, but I understood. Um, so at my 12-week appointment, the doctor that I saw was not my normal doctor, but she was one within the practice. And her and I talked for about 20 minutes. Um, and she said things looked normal and that everything seemed to be going well and that I was not considered a high-risk pregnancy. Uh, so she just wanted to double check everything. Uh, and she was going to schedule me at six weeks instead of the four weeks. 
So she did a quick ultrasound before I went back for my blood work. And during the ultrasound, I couldn't see the screen, um, but she told me everything looked pretty normal, um, that she saw the heartbeat, but she couldn't pick up the sound of the heartbeat. Um, so after that appointment, we finally felt like it was an okay time to start telling people. So our parents and siblings were so excited. Um, my nieces and my nephew started to try to name the baby and we announced it to all of our friends, coworkers. And of course we put the announcement on Facebook. Um, so it was about six days after that doctor's appointment. So this would have been March 31st. I started to bleed and it wasn't heavy. Um, it was only when I was wiping and it was like a brown color. Um, it being my first pregnancy, I panicked and I called the doctor, the on-call doctor because it was at night. And he told me that because it was like a brown rust color and that it was light and I wasn't cramping, that I should be okay. And that because I was 12, uh, almost 13 weeks pregnant, that I was kind of out of that risk zone for miscarriages. Um, but he did tell me that if it continued to happen, if I was still bleeding the next day to call and follow up with my doctor. So when I woke up the next day, it was about the same as the night before, um, still super light, um, dark in color. Um, so I called my doctor and she pretty much gave me the same message as before. Uh, she said that if I was still bleeding by Friday to follow up with her, and then we would go from there and make an appointment. So by Friday, um, I was in full panic mode because it hadn't stopped. Um, it still wasn't heavy. I still wasn't cramping. It was still that like brown rust color. Um, so my doctor went ahead and scheduled me an appointment for Monday, uh, but she did tell me that if I was having a miscarriage, there was nothing I could do. So there was really, if I wanted to come in that day, I could, but there probably wasn't much they could do for me. So I went ahead and just said, okay, well, if you think Monday is a good day for follow-up, we'll go with Monday. Um, the very next morning, Saturday morning, I woke up around 3.30 and I was having really awful cramps. And I woke my husband up and I told him that something wasn't right, that I knew something was wrong. I needed to go to the emergency room. Um, so there's an, uh, an ER within five minutes of my house and they were able to get us back right away. And thankfully they allowed my husband to come back with me um, just because at that point in time with COVID, uh, they weren't allowing people to have, I guess, guests or whatever back in the emergency room with them. Um, I think it goes without saying, but I was pretty terrified at this point in time. Um, I knew that when I got pregnant that a miscarriage was obviously possible. You just never think it's gonna be you. Um, so they told me that they wanted to do um, the draw blood for a blood panel and that they wanted to take me back for an ultrasound. Um, so I was just super anxious to get the ultrasound because I felt that I have seen, if I could see my baby, I would be okay. So my uh, the nurse asked if I wanted pain medication first or ultrasound first. So I told her I wanted to go back right away for the ultrasound. Um, so when the tech, the ultrasound tech came in, uh, she told me that this is not gonna be a normal scan. Um, she told me that she I wouldn't be able to see the screen and she couldn't tell me anything. Only the doctor could give me the results of the ultrasound. And she also kept kind of reiterating the fact that because I was 13 weeks, that um, she would be able to use the abdominal scan or should be able to use the abdominal scan. Um, when we got back to the ultrasound room, it was just me and the tech. Um, 
And she started, and for about five minutes, she tried to find um, the baby using the abdominal wand. However, um, she had to switch to do a vaginal scan. And it was kind of at that moment that my heart sank and I kind of had all my fears being confirmed. Um, I tried to keep hope, but I knew that it was not, probably not a good thing that after her assurance that I could, that because I was 13 weeks, she should be able to use the abdominal wand and so all of a sudden she had to switch to the vaginal wand. Um, so, after the ultrasound, they took me back to my room. They got the blood work. Um, they finally gave me pain medicine, which was kind of a relief from the pain that I was feeling. But it took up probably about another 45 minutes to an hour for the doctor to finally come in and give us the results of everything. And um, she told me that uh, there was no heartbeat and that based upon the measurements, my baby stopped developing at eight weeks and that she probably thinks that the heart stopped probably not too much later after that eight week mark. Um, I just, I burst into tears and everything she said afterwards, I could not tell you what she said. Um, it was just one of those moments that you never want to experience. It was just awful, awful moment. Um, my husband who is an incredible human being, um, especially after all this, he kept telling me that no matter what happened, that we are going to be okay, and that he we would be okay. We would be we would get through this, and that he loved me, and that it would be okay. So he really became the rock and the strong person for both of us. So three hours after arriving at the emergency room, we were finally released, and um, because we had told everybody, we had to make those awful phone calls and things like that that said, that told everyone that we had lost the baby. Um, I, Saturday and Sunday, to be honest, were just a blur of emotions and I didn't really want to talk to anybody. And um, because we were all quarantined at that point in time, I was able to kind of be by myself, which I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing, but um, I was able to just kind of be with my husband at that moment. Um, so they wanted me to keep my appointment for that Monday. Um, and so we had done genetic testing. And so that genetic testing had come back that Monday, but ironically there. And the doctor was able to pinpoint why he believed I miscarried. And they said it was an extra chromosome. Um, so I don't, it didn't really make a difference as to why, but it gave us a little bit of clarity on what was going on. So they gave me three options for what could happen next. So the first is that he could give me to uh, medication that would help me miscarry. I could let it happen naturally, but he told me that it could be up to a month before I miscarried, um, or I could have a DNC. Um, so I know myself well enough to know that I couldn't handle this at home. So we decided to go ahead and have the DNC, and it was scheduled for the very next day. Um, Around 2.30 that same day, so that Monday, uh, I started having really bad cramps. And at first, it kind of just felt like it was a period cramp. And I knew earlier in the day, the doctor had told me that if I let everything happen naturally, that uh, when I did miscarry, um, that it would just feel like period cramps, like a really bad period. Um, but it kept getting worse. And I've never, if this is a normal period cramps, I've never 
I've never experienced that because the pain was unreal. Um, it was just the most pain that I've ever experienced in my life. Uh, my husband was working down in the basement, so he didn't really know what was going on uh, until he came upstairs and saw that I was in the fetal position on our couch. I was crying. I kept telling him that something isn't right, that I, I hurt, that this is, that I'm in pain, please. This is, I just kept repeating myself um, over and over. And um, so he was able to get the hold of the on-call doctor um, and she told him to hold off on giving me any pain medication because I, had, I was having my DNC tomorrow uh, and that if it got worse to call back. Um, so we were, this is about an hour and a half after everything started. Um, my husband told me later on that he, I was pale, I was clammy, and that uh, from what it looked like, I kept passing out. Um, so he knew that obviously that this was what the doctor would consider worse. So he called the doctor back and um, the doctor said essentially, my body was going into labor and trying to pass tissue. And I always hated when they said pass the tissue, when they really meant pass my baby. Um, so she told me that, or she told him that we could go ahead and go to the hospital if we wanted, uh, but they would be able to do just about as much as we could do at home. And that her advice was to give me the pain medication that was prescribed and that if it did become worse, to go ahead and go to um, the emergency room. So um, that at the emergency room we went on a Saturday, they gave me um, pain medicine. So I was able to take that and I finally, the pain was finally relieved, it felt like relief to me because it was unbelievable amount of pain. And so for the first time in probably two, two and a half hours, I felt somewhat relieved, uh, relief from that pain. Um, but not too long after taking the medicine, I felt like, um, for lack of a better way to describe it, that I felt like I was like peeing on myself and I rushed to the bathroom. And um, I, what happened was that it was me passing the baby and I, I remember just sitting on my bathroom floor crying and just staring at my baby that was in, that was in my toilet at the time and I, knowing that there was absolutely nothing I could do. Um, there was nothing I could do to help or save them and that it was real, that I was actually miscarrying. Um, so we called and asked what we should do and they told us it was up to us how we wanted to handle um, they kept saying tissue and it kept making me angry and sad and I just wanted them to say your baby um, but I couldn't do what had to be done so my husband once again being the amazing person that he was an especially amazing person throughout this whole thing uh, he took care of our baby and um, he was able to do what I couldn't do so for the rest of the night and to be honest, looking back now, I probably should have gone to the doctor or the hospital because I was bleeding super heavy. Um, I was bleeding through the pads that I had and it, we were so like, we had to sleep on the couch because that was an easier route to the bathroom than it was if we were up in our bedroom. So both my husband and I slept on the couch that night and um, it was just heavy bleeding throughout the night. And so um, for about a week, um, the, the bleeding finally stopped. Um, it progressively got lighter and lighter from that night until the next week. Um, so after that Monday, after um, going through that whole experience, which was, I was right knowing that 
I couldn't handle it on my own and I wish I could have had a DNC. Um, it was just traumatic and I kept, I, I just kept thinking about everything that happened and I started to question my doctor at the last appointment um, because I don't remember if you remember the part of the story, but she told me that my baby was healthy and there was a heartbeat and that she could see the heartbeat. Um, but the ER doctor told me that if my baby stopped growing at eight weeks and the heart probably stopped at the same time. And I know from looking and seeing my baby from when I passed the baby that there was no way that my baby was anywhere past eight weeks. And so on top of just being so sad about the whole situation, um, I was angry, I was hurt, I was confused. I just couldn't understand how the doctor, how she could not have known that the baby stopped developing. And that I just kept asking myself, was she in a hurry? Did she make assumptions? Did she need to be somewhere else? And so she didn't look closely enough. Um, I don't know if I'll ever stop wondering how this happened or how she could not have known. But at this point, after having months to kind of reflect and look back, I know that no matter what, um, there was nothing that she could have done in that moment. And that the only thing that would have changed is that I would have known a week plus sooner that I had lost my baby. Um, so Mother's Day 2020 came and I hadn't really thought about it, but it, kind of walloped me. It came out of nowhere and it hurt. That day hurt me way more than I ever thought it would. Um, family and friends, they would wish me a happy Mother's Day, but it didn't feel, um, I didn't feel like a mother. Um, but I also felt like I was not a mother either. I feel like I'm, and I still feel like this, I felt like I was in a weird kind of like strange limbo land. Like I couldn't identify myself as a mom because I didn't have a physical baby. But at the same time, I carried a baby. Um, so I struggled a lot that day emotionally, but also um, because I finally got my period, which meant that all said and done, it was finally over. And for me, it was, it was a weird moment because I was happy that it was over, that this whole experience was over. But I was also really sad because it meant that my baby was really gone, that I really was no longer pregnant, and that come October, I would not have my baby like I should have. Um, having a miscarriage, um, I realized that it makes you a part of a club that you never want to be in, but once you are in that club, the members, they welcome you with such a warm embrace. Um, after I had my miscarriage, friends who I hadn't talked to in years, coworkers, my mom, and so many other people messaged or called me to tell me that they had a miscarriage too, and that they they knew what I was going through and that if I needed anything to let them know, and that they also helped me feel a little less alone. Because um, the doctor gives you numbers, they say one in four women, but you don't realize that the people around you, the people you work with, your friends, have had gone through the same thing. And so my first piece of advice I could think is that to lean on these people. They know better than anyone what you're going through and can help you process what's going on. And then I think my second piece of advice is not to blame yourself. Um, I spent the weeks after my miscarriage wondering why me. Um, I questioned everything I did leading into my miscarriage from 
the things that I ate, to my exercise routine, to my overall habits. And um, I had, I found a quote by Ashley Williams and it said, you are not broken, you did nothing wrong, you are strong, you are brave, there is hope. So after reading this, I knew that I had to stop blaming myself for something I had no control over, that this wasn't my fault, that I didn't cause my miscarriage, I didn't, I didn't do anything wrong. And that I think anyone that's going through this experience, I think on some level we blame ourselves for what's happening, but in reality, it's not our fault. And there's nothing that any of us could have done to stop this process. So that's it, that's my story. I love that quote. Who did you say that was from? Ashley Williams. Ashley Williams, okay. I'm gonna write that down. Um, now, if somebody wants to reach out to you, where could they do so? Um, I'm on the Facebook group, the um, Life After Marriage Facebook group. I think that's a great way to message me on Facebook. Um, and then from there, if they want my contact information, I'd be more than willing to give contact information. Perfect. Sounds good. Thank you so much for jumping on and sharing your story. You'll have to keep us posted and we just really appreciate it because like it was healing for you to listen. It's going to be super healing for other people to listen to your story as well. So thank you for passing that forward. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Let's chat soon. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together. Thank you.